Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome. After a bit of a hiatus, to be sure. Uh, it is Tuesday, May 26th. Notice how I say Tuesday. I learned that at acting school back in the 70s. Tuesday is the proper pronunciation, as is pronunciation, the proper pronunciation. Oh, it's Tuesday, and that means my sister Susan is joining us. Hi, Suze. Yeah, on Tuesday. No, Tuesday. 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 <laughs> I also want to warn people that there's going to be a bit of a, a hullabaloo coming up because someone is coming to take my dog for a walk and uh, they're coming in the door. The dog's resultant barking is going to be a little bit of a disturbance. Usually we hope that happens before the show starts, but that isn't the case today. Okay. <laughs> we always like hearing from Blue. Yeah. Well, right now he's out in the backyard um, in the sun. God, how can you? I, I don't know. Tell- yeah, oh. Ernie does that too with the black fur. A black fur, and it's hot as well. It's not yet hot as hell. It's going to be hot as hell. Somebody tweeted today, and it was so true. <laughs> Glad that we finally changed seasons here in Pittsburgh from rainy extended winter to impossibly humid blast furnace. And it just, yeah, on a dime. Well, that always happens when it's cold all through May. You don't get spring. You just go straight to summer. Oh, God. And around here. I hate here, it because spring's I, every, the favorite. Yeah, I know. And it's all screwed up. Nothing's blooming in the right order around here. Yeah. And 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 uh, clearly half the lilacs got zapped. You know, they started to bud, and then we had a bunch of cold nights, and a bunch of the lilacs didn't survive. That's interesting. You say lilacs. Well, it's L A. I know it. L A C. Well, what do you say? Lilacs. Yes, I do. Sometimes I say lilacs, but I was thinking about it yesterday, and I said it is not l i l o x or l o c k s or any or anything like that. It's lilac. Yeah, but you can't tell the proper pronunciation by you know the uh, rules, so so called rules of English for pronunciation, right? Well, because especially in Green Bay, I agree. Especially in Green Bay, because I think it's true anywhere. Things funny. Yeah, well, they do everywhere, don't you think? I do, but you know. Yeah, I but mean, when you're in Green Bay, I mean, like, it's like you can always, like you know, the the little Canadian things that are starting to come down here. I think mostly because of um, HG HD TV or whatever that thing is. But you know, when you say, we say progress, right? They say pro progress. Progress, right? Or process when we say process. They say process. Uh huh. Process. You mean all of all the things that we pry? They pro. They pro. Yeah. And now I'm hearing people around here do it, and I swear the time when I finally noticed where it was coming from because of HGTV. Um. Uh. I. Why HGTV? Wait a minute. Or well, whatever just that because is. you watch HDTV, you mean those oh, the every, ones with the everybody does. I do not. Okay, so but there I'm goes the light of that. A large group of people watch these shows. <laughs> I mean, here's these how the, here, across the, a whole economic spectrum. Here's how you know one of the latest shows has the, the Property Brothers, who are these two six-foot-five-inch uh, yeah. wannabe actors, right? Right. Um, who have made such a hit that one of their shows now features stars, you know, making over homes for their loved ones, it, featuring people like Brad Pitt. I mean, Brad Pitt needs to be on a show like this. Like, you know, you and I need, I don't know, uh, you know, what What do we Well, he might to? miss he likes being on camera. I don't know. I, I don't um, well know these things were done long. I mean, you know, I just think the the quality of the people that they get to go on their show tells me 
how large their audience is. Well, there's also a way to tell by just checking out the ratings. I mean, obviously they've got a good, I just don't, I don't watch it. It was on in, um, sometimes I see it like if I'm in a waiting room at a doctor's office. Right, nail salons frequently have that on too because it's not political. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, well, where to start? Um, uh, let's try for at least a little while to avoid the horrors of, um, you know, the political leadership of our I nation. I have no idea what you're talking about. The, I was oh, okay. talking about the Property Brothers. Go ahead. Okay, well, that's good. I have to tell you, the, the um, New York Times magazine uh, this Sunday was filled with wonderful uh, little essays by very good writers about, uh, well, you know, dealing with their new lives in this in this time. And I, I have to share some of my favorite little tidbits. Do you mind? No, because I didn't it, read it. Go for okay, it. Okay, here's a little one. And I don't even, I, I just ripped out this, you know, paragraph, and I can't tell you who wrote it. I'm sorry. But it's so, it's so dead on. Here it is. I spend hours sitting, doing nothing, except considering. I considered investigating the stain under the boiler. I considered making banana bread. I considered cleaning the gutters. The word consider implies, correctly, that these thoughts at no point turn into actions. It is amazing how much you can avoid doing. <laughs> well, but it's With also amazing how much no you... excuse other you, than there's always tomorrow. You have all this time, right? And so you see, the, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do... Th- this has to be done. That has to be done. And I do nothing. Almost... Manana. Manana. Yeah, right. And I, you know, I, I was just you know, very carefully with a broom uh, sweeping, uh, you know, the things that the trees are dropping. What are those called? Uh, Beads. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been locked up alone, dear sister? (laughs) I was very carefully, and they keep coming, so I get to do it every day. And I was just sweeping, sweeping, sweeping. And, um, and I mentioned it to somebody, and they said, well, don't you have a blower? It, you can do it in two seconds. And I said, I'm absolutely opposed to blowers. They're noisy. They pollute. And they take away the pleasure of this, you know, sweeping or raking. I, I mean, I love that sort of manual labor. And I've noticed that I'm doing it, like, so fastidiously and so slowly because I don't want to finish, because I enjoy the process. And, and I you're don't out want... in the beautiful weather, in the beautiful, you know, it gives you an excuse. Right, before the blast furnace happened. But yeah, right. But yeah, right. right. Now, I'm, now I'm avoiding it. But um, okay. Now, speaking of things that you clean up, another wonderful piece written by a person named Jamie Kyles. Uh, is called You're Never Alone in a Dusty Apartment. And um, this is a actually a, a pretty much scientific discourse on what dust is. And all the microbes that are living with well, you, all the mites. All it's the more than mites. mites, it's you, right? It's your skin. Right. So. Here's what here is here is a here is a uh, I guess a scientific fact um, that is just unbelievable. On average, the human body sheds its entire bag of skin more than a billion cells. I mean, just tons and tons of cells every 28 days, at least. <laughs> and the older yeah, I think the, the more that just is because your skin's so dry. You don't want to know what no, I'm no. jumping by. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I'm sure I don't. Every 28 days, it's like 
you know, it's like having another period. Every 28 days you get, you, you literally... Well, then how uh, come the, every 28, you know, the, how come every 28 days the wrinkles don't go away for a second? I mean, why is the brand new skin in as crappy shape as the old skin was? Well, because all the stuff that's supposed to, like, nourish it and keep it, you know, is sort of dried up. I know. So this person writing says, I have shed my entire husk more than twice. Since I've been sitting here in my apartment by myself, casting off thousands of, we cast off thousands of skin cells every second. And then they say, you know, have you ever just sort of sitting there and there's a shaft of sunlight in the room and you see all the, you see all that yeah, uh, all the, all stuff? The stuff? Yeah, glistening. That's in you. The I mean, much of it is you're watching the shards of your disintegrating self. <laughs> in that in that beam of sunlight, and um, and so this well, you're person, not you're not exactly disintegrating. You're reconstituting. Right, right, right. Reconstituting. So, so more hopeful way of looking at. It. <laughs> but this person comes up with so much stuff. So I mean, that dust that we're always, you know, not always. Some of us don't really care that much about dust other people are freaked by dust that's almost all you well um, unless you live with ernie in which case at least 90 percent of it is dog hair <laughs> well that's true too I, but yes that's true so this person says i thought about skin as it floated through the air landed on the bureau and remade itself as dust and they go on to say dust as a collective noun means almost nothing. Uh, it suggests dryness and smallness, tiny unknown pieces of stuff combined with other tiny unknown pieces of stuff. Um, so the dust in your house is literally a, a microcosm of your domestic life. And it is mainly skin. <laughs> Sloughed off skin cells and hair. So there's the dog. Okay. And hair. But, you know, it's also dried out bugs and tracked in dirt from, you know, outside. Yeah. It's all and this vegetable stuff. matter that falls out of your refrigerator right. and your mouth. And, right. Yeah. All that but stuff. Stop and think of this. The word that we use for getting rid of dust is dust. Yes. <laughs> and a word that means adding on, putting stuff down is dust. You know, you dust dust the crops, a crop duster. So dust is something that isn't added on. Dust is what the verb is for getting it off. Dust is amazingly, um, what's the word? Resilient? Well, it's versatile. It can be a verb. Versatile, that's the word. Thank you. It's a versatile word. So, um, then the, like snow, which is the thing in the action of doing it. This guy says, I dust for distraction. I dust the baseboards. I dust the dark side of the fan blades. I dust the tops of the light bulbs in my lamps. I dust for a universe I can control. The thing about dusting is it's endless. Even as you dust, you make dust. Job security. I love it. And they say here that this fixation that we've all grown up with, with dust, is really rather new. It's uh, came about in the 1800s. And why would it come about in the 1800s? Ask anyone who lived in Pittsburgh in the 1800s, <laughs> because the crap spewing out of the out of the mills, you know, settled in 
blew through the windows and settled in your house. And apparently around here it was so bad that people had, you know, if you washed your sheets and hung them out to dry, they were black before you got them back in. So, yeah. Yeah. And so this sense of this being an encroachment of things that weren't meant to be got people into thinking it has to be gotten rid of this dust. So dust symbolized a collapse of order. And we all know, like mom is a lot like this, you know, she, I know she actually broke down and dusted one day because I was vacuuming. She said, okay, I'll dust. (laughs) That didn't that didn't last long, by the way. No, and of course, and as you're vacuuming, you're kicking up dust. Right, right. And if she's, <laughs> I'm just saying. So here's where they fig. This guy just figures. I don't know if it's a woman or a man. Um, they come up with no. They didn't come up with this. This is Simone de Beauvoir, for God's sakes. This is uh, that wondrous. Um, do you ever read The Second Sex? Uh-huh. Simone de Beauvoir, written in 1949, The Second Sex, uh, was saying that our fixation on housework, which of course fell to women <laughs> to do this endless job. Um, and still in that, large part does. What? And still in large part does. Absolutely. In large part, in large, large part. Here is the quote. Few tasks are more like the torture of Sisyphus than housework. The clean becomes soiled. The soiled is made clean over and over, day after day. That's the truth. And it's one of the things that drives me crazy about housework. No sooner have you done it, then you have to do it again. It's like I feel that way about laundry. You know, I mean, how come the second you've got a dark load, you've already got a pair of socks on your feet? I mean, I know. You know and you're going, well, can I just throw those in? Well, no, it doesn't that work that way because you're also wearing underpants. And you know, I've thing, been known, Susan. I have actually. Seeing wearing a, all foundational garments. I have oh, stripped no. myself oh, I, while putting stuff have. in, thinking, wait a minute, I could get my, yeah, I've literally gone up underwearless and sockless because I threw them in. Me What's too. What's the point of that, though? Nothing, because you just go and put another pair on, which also <laughs> won't be in there. <laughs> Mother has me doing it with the garbage. She can't stand on garbage day that every single thing that should be in a waste paper basket has to be taken out to those cans. This is why half of our lives have disappeared. She throws everything out. Oh, boy, everything. everything. I'm now and hoarding she things. Say, where's that? Where's that letter I had? Where's the news? I, there was a thing in the newspaper. I, I threw it out. <laughs> She spends more of her time upside down in the recycling barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, but yes, there's lots of things that we do that way. Laundry, you know, everybody has their own. You and I clearly have the laundry thing. Mother has the garbage thing. Every last thing has to be out. No matter how many times I explain to her that once the can is empty, you're just going to start refilling it again. You've just got to jump on next week. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) My thing is dishes. They never, no sooner have you you done them, especially since we're home and eating every meal, than bango, there it is. I actually came across uh, a piece, I think, in the Washington Post, the headline of which, the dishes will never be done. Yeah, it's not the dishes. It's the putting away thereof. Oh, really? Uh, I, uh, well, that's yeah. true. You don't want to empty the, clean dish, the, the dishwasher or the dishes. And, and that... here's the thing. I actually, you know, when I know that I'm using the same three pots and pans all yeah. week, right. I don't mind washing them, letting them dry on the sink, yeah. you know, on, and then just putting them atop the stove. I'm going exactly. to use them in five hours. Yeah, and every time I do that, I hear mother clanging away. 
putting everything away and screaming because nothing fits in those drawers. And I'm like, leave it out. <laughs> oh, it's, my you know, you know, it's a, just a different way of doing things. And, and I'm I'm doing it from the utilitarian point of view. I'm not going to stoop over, pick that up and put it away or put it away, then pick it up and put it right back there. I'm going to let it sit there clean, looking nice and tidy atop the stove. Yeah. And she comes in, and she's not the one that uses any of that stuff, and it just aggravates her. <laughs> so. Well, they have this whole thing about what people have done, uh, how it becomes uh, such such a problem. Um, uh, here's one couple uh, that, wait, they... Kaufman and his girlfriend ate two, maybe three meals uh, together a week. Now it's three meals a day, seven days a week. That's 21 meals. And after every meal, there were dishes to do. But it never seemed urgent. After all, they weren't going anywhere. So it went on that way until there were no bowls left for for them, for them or the cat or the dog. They had to run the dishwasher twice to reach the bottom of the sink. And, of course, by the time that process was completed, more dishes were dirty. Well, they'd eaten again. But right. I, can't, I can't do that. Um, in Seattle, <laughs> she, uh, she does the dishes nightly. Then uh, her roommate's boyfriend moved in, adding to the dish count. Then the quarantine destroyed her rhythms. It's like... No, that one's not good. I'm sorry. Um, some people are find it. Oh, here Sisyphus comes up again. Um, well, this is. I mean, the whole experience of the, every day is is you know Sisyphean or Groundhog's Day or you know any take on that same subject where you are repetitively forced to do the toil of that day only to go to bed and do it again. Yeah. It is amazing how fast these days go. It's almost time to have a drink already. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I, yeah, I, I saw something that Sally Wigan wrote to uh, Joanne Rogers about how, isn't it odd how, you know, you start the day and you think, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden, it's four o'clock, and you realize you've just been staring at the computer, reading a book, or how quickly uh, the days go. Uh, so anyway, enough of that. Um, well, I do uh, think that a lot of people are writing more than they would write, which is good for us. Um, corresponding with people that they might not otherwise have stayed in touch with or started talking to again. And so I think a lot of us are enjoying the actual art of writing again, you know, and as I told you, I'm retraining my brain to read again. So I'm, you know, I'm forcing myself um, rather pleasurably, thank God, to read at least two hours a day just to retrain my brain. It's amazing. Um, how easy it is to get untrained, and um, and thank God how pretty easy it is to recreate the pattern of concentration and the right. ability to get lost. But you do have to, you know, like exercise, you just have to say, okay, I got to do this, and then you do it every day till it's back. Right now, the hard thing is to start a new book when I finish one. I, you know, I can't give myself a day off. I have to plow right in there. <laughs> Well, it is. That is how I finally found a. Um, I, I, I was trying to find a book I wanted to read, and I was, you know, starting and just not getting hooked. And I, I think I found one right before I went to bed last uh, night, and I'm so thrilled. Um, yeah, well, I think for a lot of people, um, 
this time is making it difficult for them to read um, for reasons I don't, you know, that they have to figure out. But I, I've heard from more than one person that this time, you know, where they should just be enjoying the hell out of ha- finally having time to sit down and read, and they and they can't do it. They their mind just keeps wandering. Well, p- partially the way our lives uh, we've been trained is to ingest short little bits. That's what you know. Well, that's what the computers did. But if you manage to maintain a, a reading habit, you know, at the same time and continue to read books, then that wasn't diminished. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Susan. Yeah. Not you. No. <laughs> Susan from Hempfield writes. That's, that's one of the problems. You, you know, there you have it, folks. That's why I hate my name. Okay. No, 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 no. There was this whole thing today in the local paper about the names people are giving their kids. And you know what the number one boy's name is? What? L- Liam. Oh, yeah, because uh, there's there's a bunch of handsome Liams around. Oh, for heaven's sakes. There are two movie stars named Liam, and they're strong, tough, handsome, you know, men. So, Liam, there you go. Jeez. Okay, so Susan from Hempfield writes, Oh, my God! As I was getting ready to wash yet another load of dishes by hand yesterday, Sisyphus popped into my mind, and I wondered why Sisyphus was envisioned as a man. And not a woman. <laughs> well, now that's that's a good Sisyphean thought because you know you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. We, you know why? Because we weren't even noticed. That's why. Yeah, it's true. Okay, now here's something that's going to get a little queasy inducing, but I I have to share it because I found it so wonderful. Um. This is called the truth about cocoons, and since we're you know we're said to be cocooning, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we aren't vomiting stuff. Well, and what about you know the thing that happens in a cocoon is a transformation, and so you know there's also wondering what we're going to emerge as. Yeah, what is uh, it? Y'all? Fat and hairy, or skinny and hairy? <laughs> <laughs> Traumatized, <laughs> right? Traumatized, blinking in the sun and saying, "Oh my, oh, I don't know." Fearful of each other. Anyway, this guy, Sam Anderson, is his name. He says every kid knows about cocoons. They're one of the first things we learn uh, about the natural world. What the ABCs are to language, cocoons are to biology. And it's true. And the minute I read that, I thought of your grandson. Um, Chris Hollis. Yes. <laughs> Your grandson <laughs> finds a way to work the word chrysalis. <laughs> I don't think anymore. He was like two. Yeah, I know. It's too funny. <laughs> All this, you know, a kid who could hardly say. Six. Yeah, 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 I know. But back in the day, he was all of a sudden, chrysalis. Chrysalis. And but the chrysalis it, does this, and the chrysalis does that. But this, this shows how this guy's right. This right. is something so fascinating, so magical, that kids are introduced to it very early about how this, you know, this squirmy little caterpillar uh, goes into this cocoon and comes out a beautiful butterfly, and um, and the the guy who's writing this says. The emphasis in the story, of course, is always on the before and the after. The caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Never on... What the hell's happening in there? (laughs) (laughs) What the heck? What? What is going on in there? My gosh. Seriously. And There's some got, serious self self work going on. Oh man! <laughs> um, uh, so this guy said he started thinking about it and 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 decided what's actually going on. And he says, "Turns out, terrible things are happening." <laughs> 
thing in there. Oh my gosh, it's just grisly and gruesome. He says, what, listen to this, what a caterpillar is doing in there, in its self-imposed quarantine, is basically digesting itself. I knew you were going to say that. All right. But it gets worse. (laughs) It is using enzymes to reduce its body to goo, turning itself into a soup of ex-caterpillar. A sludge oozing around a couple of leftover essential organs like his gut and his tracheal tubes. Those don't turn into goo. They're, they're in this goo. And then only after this self-annihilation does the new growth begin. Because inside what this guy calls that gruesome mush of what used to be the little caterpillar are special clusters of cells called imaginal discs. Isn't that amazing? He says, that's really the biological term, imaginal discs. And those are the seeds of butterfly, its eyes, its wings, its genitalia. These parts gorge themselves on the protein of the goo growing exponentially, taking form, becoming real, and that's how you get a butterfly out of the horrid meltdown of a modest caterpillar. (laughs) Chrysalis is was hanging in a chrysalis, is what's happening in a, that's why we don't tell the kids about what's going on in the chrysalis. It's too horrible. The lovely little caterpillar is, is, we have a caller and we also had one I didn't notice and they hung up. Caller. Uh, Hello. 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 Now they hang up. They hung up too. I'm sorry. Susan and I have been having so much fun. I forgot about callers. (laughs) We usually do this right around the time that Lynn's supposed to have dinner, and I've finished, so I call her because I'm now sated and probably on my second glass of wine, and and you never get to eat until midnight. (laughs) No, I I didn't. I I, I ate very, like, it was at 8.39 last night. Um, I'm sorry, I'll try and be better about that. No, don't be silly. It's fine. I don't mind that... um, Okay, so that that that's it. I, but that's pretty good stuff, huh? Yeah, I now love that. So there, goo. you've learned about dust and what's going on inside a chrysalis. And I think you ought to send that uh, that little essay to Arlie to uh, share with Ellis because he's old enough to handle the truth. Now well, he'd get it. He might like the gooish part. Yeah. Um, the science section of the New York Times today had a piece which we should all you know knowledge is a good thing and it says the headline is elephants really can't handle their liquor and because there are stories of rampaging drunken elephants you may have heard such a story once (laughs) no Well, I've heard of rampaging elephants, but I didn't realize they were hammered. Well, there's one famous case, but that's back in 1974, about a whole herd uh, somehow uh, getting into a uh, a brewery. (laughs) (laughs) I would think it would be more easily that they just ate fermented berries. Yeah, right, exactly. Because that's how most other animals uh, get Get drunk. drunk. Like moose are known to get totally wasted on crab apples. Um, and then end, ending up getting tangled up in Christmas lights. Um, what? I got it. We got to call it. Caller is back. All right. Hello. 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 I, I, I like your conversation about, um, people not 
doing, you know, they're not doing their dishes or laundry or why. Right. I find I really enjoy those things. Um, and why is that? Because it gives you control? Well, no, I um, can sort of like escape reality a little bit, turn on some good music. I mean, when I'm when I'm doing dishes, like we have dishwasher, but I like there's some things I hand wash and I don't mind. Um, and when I do that, it's usually with good music, always with good music, and either a glass of whiskey or a glass of wine. <laughs> okay. okay. And and then and when I'm doing laundry, it's down in the basement and it's quiet down there and it's cooler and. And I have a refrigerator down there full of beer, so that's when I drink my beer. And Jeez. Um, I don't know, I well, why don't you find some elephants and and go in and 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 you know go into a brewery? So all of this has to do with you drinking. That's wow. how I cope. <laughs> I must say that you know back uh, back in uh, back in the day when there was such a thing as a dinner party. I, I could not. I I hated the thought of waking up to the smell of last night's dinner party in the kitchen. So yeah. I I would be up until sometimes three o'clock in the morning getting everything clean. And yeah, it goes much easier with a glass of wine or four. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what though? When when we're well back back pre-pandemic when we we're be at friends' house. I always ended up doing the dishes because it was, I don't know, something to do, uh, relaxing, have good conversation while I have a beverage. I mean, it's just, yeah. uh, I don't, I, I well, don't Well, I think, I, you know, there's almost like a, 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 a it's you know, soothing. It, it's soothing. It's almost Zen-like. It, you're, you're, and also there's something always nice about, um, about cleaning you know, about making something that is in disarray, um, a raid, I guess. It, it, it really is escape, though. I mean, I mean, it's not just clean. It's like I've read more the past two months. And mind you, I've been working 40 hours a week from home. Uh, wow. I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah. I guess I'm lucky. And um, I've been reading a lot more, and I've just discovered, not that he's wonderful, I like reading – David Baldacci or how he found because Balducci. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but, but yeah. And also, um, what's his name? Oh gosh. It's these moot books where bad things always happen to bad guys. Oh good. Really bad guys bad guys are, have bad things happen. Bad, bad things are actually happen to bad guys. And it's uh. like it it gives me some sort of like um, maybe, you know, life will imitate Art? Maybe I there's justice know. somewhere in this world. I doubt it. it. Even in my, my, in my made-up world, there's justice. And <laughs> I'm really living in it to no end anymore. Um, so, I have to say uh, that our erudite brother uh, confessed to me that he had picked up a, a Tom Clancy novel. You're kidding me. And found it so entertaining that he's read his way through the whole thing. Oh, come on. He honest read Tom Clancy? Honest. I thought I was I was most amused by that. But it's the, it, it's fun. You know, it's fun to have a good, well-written yarn. A yarn. Yeah. Yeah, a yarn. Hey, thanks for the call. I'm moving on. I never finished my drunken elephant story. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'll dr- I'll drink to that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you- yeah. I'll get yourself a drink. <laughs> Mimosa. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. So, in 1974, a herd of no fewer, I'm saying fewer because the word has disappeared. That's the proper word. No fewer than. Everybody right. now says less. Right. The word less is used where few is the proper word, and it's gone. And I just want a moment of silence for I a just want to say, there go, there go the blankety-blank drunk elephants again while you're off on a few few. <laughs> <laughs> this was not a few elephants. This was 150 in West Bengal, India, 
they broke into a brewery and ingested a lot of this stuff and then went on a rampage through this town. And actually, they destroyed much of the town. They killed people. It was not good. But anyway, this whole idea of drunken elephants then, people were started sharing stories. But it's unclear whether elephants really – there's no way that an elephant can, you know, with any kind of regularity, break into a brewery and <laughs> – drink. So where, how is an elephant going to get drunk? How many fermented berries does something as large as an elephant have to ingest to get drunk? And um, it turns, well, no. So it turns out science, they've actually studied this. Uh, Elephants are just extraordinary lightweights when it comes to drinking. The classic. Boy, cheap. how did the which lucky elephants got picked for that study? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The classic cheap date. I mean, really. And it turns out they lack this key enzyme that humans have that quickly metabolizes ethanol. Um, and and we humans share that enzyme with chimpanzees and bonobos and gorillas, and we all have a unusually for the animal kingdom, high tolerance for alcohol. It's a genetic mutation. We, we metabolize ethanol 40 times faster than other primates and almost all mammals. So we were born to be. And that, folks, is why we're exceptional. That's right. <laughs> That's right. There's a reason we're at the top of the food chain. Uh, because we know what goes well with wine. <laughs> and which wines. And which wines. Right. Um, so I have this little note to myself about thoughts that occur while I'm walking the dog. And I'm sure, Susan, you know that when you're walking the dog, your head is, you notice things, you're thinking, you're, right? Yeah, the dog gets irritated irritated because I frequently stop and stare up at a tree for a reason that he can't figure out for a long time. And he'll go, you know, but yeah. Yeah. But what about all the times you're walking and all of a sudden you have to stop because his nose is in the ground. Honestly, you tell me, yeah. Sometimes I just walk along screaming, pick up your head, pick up your head. I mean, we're, you know, the dog and the human are in two different, totally different experiences when you, when you take a walk. Um, but yesterday, um, no, it wasn't yesterday, it was a few days ago, I was walking and it was unbelievable. This, I was in a residential area and this um, uh, wasn't like an Amazon truck. It pulled up and this guy jumps out. And he had this huge thing. I mean, it was a, a a thing that held other things. And do you know, I watched as he went literally from house to house to house to house. On the other side of the street, there were five houses in a row that he left packages on the door. I mean, on the doorstep. And I just, it's so, I, it would, I hate Amazon because I, I, I just hate monopolistic stuff. And I mean, just, I, I look at that and I think of that damn richest person in the world, Jeff Bezos or whatever his name is. Bezos. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how the pandemic is like the greatest thing that ever happened to him. I know. I mean, there won't be anybody else standing. There is stop ordering from Amazon is what I want to say to people. Go to the original, pay a little more. God, don't let him take over the world. Thank you. Just had to say that. And here's another thing. Are rabbits dumb? I I, I have this, there's this street. You mean that they just sit there and wait for the dog to eat them? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I mean, I you know, I'm used to the dog. The dog loves you know to chase squirrels, bunnies. Not so sure. 
Because the bunnies, well, I call, there's a street that we call the dumb bunny street. I mean, the dog and I. I said, let's go look for some dumb bunnies. But we don't have to look for them because they come, they approach us. What kind of a dumb bunny comes at the dog? You know, very slowly hops towards, sees him, keeps hopping toward. The dog cannot believe it. The dog is like dumbfounded. And we're so used to these particular dumb bunnies on this street. It's, it's amazing. So they don't really have fear of your dog. Well, not, the, the bunnies the that I see, uh, no, they, they freeze. And they no, hope the I know dog they won't freeze. notice yes. them. Right, right. That and that works because the dog gets bored. I think I think, I think in your neighborhood you have a bunch of rabid bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't supposed to approach. <laughs> I swear this one he just kept coming at us and I you know, I thought, What the hell? Yeah, it wasn't rabid. I don't think it was dumb. It's a dumb bunny. <laughs> Nothing's more dumb than a turkey, which I've been seeing galumphing through the the backyard here, which I don't remember ever seeing here before. But they're here now. Which which animal? Turkey. Oh, turkeys! Yeah, they're pretty dumb. They can't help it. No. But I remember when I, when I lived in St. Louis, they used to just come walking like a gaggle of them would come walking up the driveway, you know, with, in, as turkeys walk. And my dog would just be looking out the window going, what, what is that thing? <laughs> he recognized it as a bird, but he didn't recognize it as, you know, birds yeah. were supposed to be, be that big pounds and five feet tall. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that one day, long ago, maybe 25 years ago, I looked out my front window here and I saw this huge bird. And I, what the hell is that? I couldn't believe it. I thought, what is that? And somewhere in the back of my head, I thought, is that a turkey? And I thought, no, it can't be a turkey. What's a turkey Uh doing here? And then, you know how I figured out it was a turkey? I envisioned it. From drawing it on on, uh, on, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. I I thought, okay, just don't look at the head, you know, pretend to cut the neck and the head off and damn if that wasn't a turkey. Yeah. But I, yep. that was the first time. Now I see them all the time, but that was the first, that was the first uh, one. Here's another thought I often have because it's so beautiful when you walk late at night. Um, and, you know, it's such a beautiful time of year because of the, uh, the flowers and the, oh, uh, it is so. Um, I was thinking, look at this. You know, everything has changed in our lives. But nature, nature is unchanging. It doesn't know nor care that us bipeds are having a bad stretch, right? In fact, uh, nature is thriving because we're having a bad uh, stretch. Right. Nature doesn't miss us. Uh, in fact, nature is clearly better <laughs> without us. And in the in the grand scheme of things, when you walk at night and you see all that, you realize we are of little importance. Um, oh yeah, we tell ourselves we're the be all and end all. We're the top of the food chain. But what does that tell you? That means that if you knock off the very top of the food chain, there's not another species that will miss us. Except maybe our like dogs. Right? Yeah. Knock well, the top of the food chain off right. and it doesn't create havoc. Are you moving around your house on your phone? No. 
Okay, because it's sounding, it's sounding a little, uh, maybe it's just me, but you're sounding. Okay, no, I'm sitting right where I've been sitting since we started. Okay. 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 And um, and speaking of the food chain, I just had this. Have you seen these little items? And then finally, I guess the CDC came out and said something about rats and mice. I know, rats, 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 rats are missing restaurants mice. more than we are. I know, man. They want those restaurants to reopen. They're starving to death in the cities because that's what they eat. At night, they come out and eat all the stuff that we throw away. And the rats in in those kinds of settings, especially like in New York, they're really freaking out. And they're they're becoming aggressive, not toward humans. Toward each other. other. They're even like eating each other's babies. They are, uh, it's it's not good to be a rat in New York right now. I just want to tell you that. Turns out they even have an item here in Chicago, Susan. Chicago rats have started boldly searching for food, traveling farther and even during the daytime, some have even moved into car engines. <laughs> sure, I'm glad I'm not there. Yeah, right. So it turns out that if you're, I mean, normally rats and mice that live close to, you know, in residential areas, they're not in distress because, in fact, they might be thinking things are hunky-dory because everybody's home and putting out even more garbage, right? Right. Right? Yeah. But, uh, oh, but, but no, no, we don't. Uh, it, it, cooking in your own home does not make the same kind oh, of no, garbage. No, no, it doesn't. And it's not disposed of the same way. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. But anyway, just watch out for marauding rats. I'm just telling you. Um, Josh writes, Linda Susan, I'm enjoying the wildlife conversation. I live on the south side slopes. I'd love it, Susan, in, in, I don't know if it's a Pittsburgh thing, but I'd love it. You know, so um, all those these hills and valleys we have, the hills where people live on, you know, you see the houses sort of hanging on right, the hills. Right, right, right. They're called the slopes. And where the slopes end, it's called the flat. So people live on the slopes slope or on the, the flats. flats. Right. right. So uh, Josh says, I live on the south side slopes. We have a herd of deer that come through our neighborhood regularly. The other night, a group of five came out of the woods and cautiously walked through our yard, being led by a cat. <laughs> this, <laughs> this black cat was literally scouting ahead of the deer. And they were following it. Never saw that before. You know, that's fascinating because I have been seeing videos of animals helping other animals like that. Um, I just saw there was a video on Twitter the other day of this. I couldn't tell what it was. It was some very slow-moving, furry Looked like maybe a hedgehog or a smaller than a possum, but it it was crossing a a road and it was barely moving. And the person who took the video was in a car that stopped because it would have run it over. And what the person in the car saw was this idiot mammal and this wonderful bird that was accompanying it and it was the bird kept pecking at the hindquarters of the animal to get it to move get moving you have to cross this so it it would get pecked and then it would go like four inches and then the bird would peck it again and go four inches and the bird finally and it takes a long time the bird gets that thing out of danger and off the roadway and then hits the curb and the bird jumps up 
on the curb and turns. And, of course, the idiot, uh, you know, furry thing is just there, just sitting there, not moving. And the bird looks at it, comes down, does one more peck. The thing does not move. And the bird says, all right, buddy, you're on your own now. But that bird clearly, clearly. trying to get it out of the road. Now, isn't that amazing? Well, I, I don't know why. We, you know, if we know that trees help trees of different species through their root systems and form communities, yeah. then why do we think that, you know, there isn't cooperation am, among animal species? Well, absolutely. And, and, we, and we know that birds are, you know, some birds are very, very smart. And and you know, I mean, so you know, I don't know. I I just think it's I you know it's 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 because of humans of how we view ourselves that we fail to recognize the qualities and those that we consider lesser than us. Mm. Boy, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just remember I mean, something besides, I wanted to tell you about. Dogs were smart yeah. enough to enslave us. <laughs> I just wanted to say uh, about dusting. It just I remembered the dusting thing from last night. I did. Um, I did a little dusting last night. I, I had this, you know, a special cloth and and spray for like computer screen and um, and I, I I did that and then I thought, ooh, the TV. So this is my major TV, and I started doing it, and the TV was on, and I was wiping it left to right, left to right, trying not to smear anything. And then all of a sudden, as I was on the bottom, left to right, the picture went off, and a whole different station came on, and it was snow, and snow, just blah. I thought, what the, what the? And I had never even seen, because you can't. At the very bottom of this sleek black thing, there are some controls that I never use, because you use the, you know, remote. The remote. They're there in case your remote breaks. Imagine that. guess what? It now is on, it says, like, channel seven, and it's total snow. And you I changed the stores. I don't know I can't what the right we're thing doing is. This. I don't Go know to how your... to get my TV back. All right. Well, call me after the show. <laughs> <I'll talk laughs> you. <laughs> you press the button. You no, press you the button, I and you're on the wrong. You're on the wrong source, sweetheart. And we'll get you back so on the I right source. I found some other sources that I've never used, and that doesn't seem to be working either. I even put in new batteries in some of those, and I think I so messed it up that I'll. <laughs> you're going to have to let Sam in. I can no. I know this is so awful that I'm so helpless when it comes to well, this. Well, this stuff. is ridiculous. I, I, the, the, All you're right, long, it's ridiculous. The, the, what you have to do is find the source button and put it back on cable or HTML. I know, I know, but I can't find anything that tells me that. I know, I know, I know. Okay, it's on one of your remotes, the television remote itself, not the cable remote. There'll okay. be a button that says source. That's that's okay. it. Oh, you know what Amy's telling me? My call is starting to break up. Yeah. I know I'm not the only. You sound better now. I think it's your phone. Well, sure. Nothing works here. I probably dusted that, too. Well, no. Now it sounds fine again. Well, I don't know. Amy says I'm starting to break up. Mm-hmm. Sounds a bit choppy. Is Thank everybody you, okay? Huh? <laughs> well, now you're better. Okay. But there was well, there was a ba- there was a bad ten minutes in there. Yes, there was. Okay. Yeah, she says it sounds better now. Well, a lot of good that does us. It's eleven, almost. Um. So I think that's that's, that's it. it. Guess what? We didn't talk about not even once. Yay! I'm very happy, and I made I wanted to not mention his name. He yep. does not deserve to be mentioned. 
except in a summons for, uh, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors against humanity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll go with treason. Whatever. I just, yeah. he, he's he more horrible than you could in your wildest dreams imagine. And, um, yeah, so I'm not going to say anything about all those people I saw, um, all those stupid Invariably white people, um, cheek to jowl, having a great weekend, and they're going to kill us all. You shouldn't have brought this yep. up, Susan. They're going to kill us all. Oh, geez, so, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. All right. Stop. Stop. Just think about, yes, think about animals helping each other. Think about drunken elephants. Thinking about the fact that you're sloughing off your skin even as you're Think about what's going on in a Christmas. Okay. But don't think about you know who. Yeah, the Christmas. Okay. All right. Hey, Sue, thank you. Bye. Call me if you need me. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.